0: Welcome to The Great Debate, Volume 1, which is episode number 55 of the Carp Chronicles podcast. Now, as this is Volume 1, it kind of alludes to the fact that there's going to be more, and there is. I would like to do numerous podcasts in the Great Debate range, which basically comprise of me sitting down with a couple of bait experts, and we will really dive in deep to all manner of different things regarding bait. Obviously, it's a huge topic. I know we cover it a lot in a lot of these episodes that we do, but I wanted to sit down with a couple of experts and just really kind of dive in deep and see what comes out. I mean, ultimately, as anglers, we all want to put more fish on the bank. Sometimes that means changing our bait. So anyone that wants to catch more fish and is open to changing their bait, I think there's something for everyone in these episodes. But also bear in mind, it's quite heavily scientific. It might not be for everyone. Now this particular Great Debate, which is obviously Volume 1, our very first one, it was recorded oh, well over three hours, I think it was about three and a half hours, so what I've done is I've split that in two and put it into a Part 1 and Part 2, obviously this is Part 1, you can expect Part 2 probably in around about a week or so. Now before we jump into the episode, of course I need to mention this podcast is made possible by my own bait company optibates.com which comprises of different products which i feel are sorely missing from the market i honestly i don't want to sound too dramatic but i put my blood sweat tears heart and soul into these products i really really do and a lot of the ideas and the things come from speaking to a lot of experts in the field i mean i'm in a very unique position with this podcast i've spoken to a lot of the the leading Bait heads in the UK, and I'm lucky enough to call most of them my friends. So, uh yeah, very unique, very unique situation for myself. And I've been making bait on my own for, you know, over 20 years now. So, I'd like to think I have something very unique to offer the marketplace. So, if you haven't done so already, check out optibaits.com. That's it. I will stop waffling on. I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of The Great Debate. I guess neither of you are joining me with a tip of the episode, are we? Are you? Absolutely not.
1: Okay, no. I've got, I've got some what, what we call in Bolton corporation pop.
0: Yeah, a bit of water.
1: Yeah, tap water. Get it down, you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm having Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Just opened it. Get you, you reformed character. Seven weeks without a beer today for me. Good man. Mm. Your your liver will thank you, even
1: if your sanity doesn't.
2: Yeah, definitely no I'm not I'm not too bad now I've uh, I've got over the worst of it <laughs> the shakes are dry here. no I've never, I've never I've never had the shakes mate I'd have packed in a long time ago if that happened <laughs> fair play what are
1: well, you on Sam?
0: Stella? Um, uh, yeah I've got a co- yeah you've read my mind yeah I've got a couple of Stella's um, i got a bit of gin if I run out of that it's terrible isn't it I'm not very supportive of you boys but um,
2: uh, yeah no problem yeah, I will I will have I, a few beers. I ain't got no problem with anybody drinking, mate.
0: No, do you know what? I'm I've cut back a lot and I'm gonna cut back more and I'm gonna have less beer and more spirits when I do drink. Um, <laughs> which is it's a step it's less in calories, the It's Less calories if you have spirits. You got less calories yeah but beer is estrogenic which obviously for blokes is is really not a good thing it's not a good thing for women either if it you know depending on where Mm. they sit on the on the spectrum but yeah it's estrogenic there's more calories obviously uh, carbohydrates as well so you've got your your blood sugar spike there's a few things that sort of work against you it's quite inflammatory as well because of the grains Mm. um whereas something you know like um like pure vodka it's much better for you. A bit of sparkling water, squeeze some lime in it. It's a lot how hel- it's not healthy, but it's a lot healthier for sure. The healthiest drinking option. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Right, boys. I as I've just said to you, off mic or off air, so to speak. Uh I have nothing prepared. We've decided to do this episode. Um I'm sure once we get started, we're gonna go all go off on many different tangents. Um but I think we've all said it various times. Actually it was Dean's idea. Um, I know we said that, that it would be a good to get us all on the show I know you had some things that you wanted to cover Dean I've got nothing in mind I don't think Whitey's got anything in mind either of you Steve
1: yeah, nothing
2: specific no
0: no so over to you Dean <laughs> well,
2: I mean the, the only thing was is um, remember when you and Steve did um, I think it might have been his last podcast because you had two in the, in the road didn't you with Steve uh, it was probably well, a 2 party, two. didn't you? 2 party
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There, there was just a few uh, things on there um that just sort of stimulated me. Some of the stuff that you were talking about, milk proteins and stuff, um, green lip muscle, that was another one. And then there was there was loads of other different things that I was thinking about with regard to opioids that I hadn't covered before. Uh, so... There's, there's loads of things that I've got in my mind that I could sort of chat about between themselves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was about it really. I mean, it's like it's like green muscle. I know you're a big advocate of it, uh, and I have used it um, more so. Well, in the nineties, really, when I used it, but I never really, I never really found that I thought it was something that was good for bigger fish, where I know you rate it highly for older and bigger fish, but I never really did notice a- a- any mm. correlation with that. Uh, it caught well. The bait with the in caught well. And I mean, and this was years ago, like using the Nutribate stuff at low levels, mm. and it definitely did make a difference. Um, but the following year, after I'd used that in 1996, and it did catch well. Uh, I completely changed and made my own bait from scratch, and there was no greenlit mussel in it, but I was using the bait without seaweed in, um, in 96. And then the following year, made a bait with seaweed in. And then it all sort of ties in with what you find out later on, because what a lot of people won't know is that the actual, uh, lots of the molecules that are in greenlit mussel powder, They're attractive to carp. You can find them in seaweed as well. And a lot of people won't know that, but you can. Well, you do find them in seaweed. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on greenlet mussel, Sam? Why why do you think? I mean, obviously, you go by results as well. But what leads you to think that it is slightly selective for bigger, older fish?
1: Can I just interrupt? What levels? When you said you used it at low levels, what levels were you using it at?
2: I think... I think it's ridiculously low, Steve. But believe you me, I think it was something like three grams per six egg mix. Now, obviously, depending on the size of the eggs, yeah, at the most that's only going to be. It's similar to the sort of levels that you're going to use betaine at, um, but you could actually. I don't know if. See, you didn't start. Were you caught fishing there, Steve, in the nineties?
1: Um, I didn't catch my first carp in '96.
2: Yeah, so that's the year that I used it, um, and and you you could smell it in the finished bait because it was the NutriBaits Greenlit Muscle Extract in in the nineties. It was very oily and it had a a strong smell, and it was it was a lot it was a bit darker than all the stuff I've seen now. Uh, And you could actually, sorry,
1: it was full
2: fat. Yeah, it was full fat. Yeah, and you you could actually you could actually smell it in the finished bait, like because me, me and my mate used the same bait that year. Different attractor tractor packs, uh, but I used the green lip mussel, and he didn't. And and you could smell the difference in the bait. And to be truthful with you, I did catch better than him. I mean, he had, he had a fantastic year the year before, and he, he stayed on this exactly the same recipe. Um, we were both using Premier Spice Fish. Uh, but the only thing I was doing different was the green lip mussel, and, 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 yeah, it, it seemed to edge it. And, like I say, you could detect it in the finished bait. You know, a human nose could smell the difference even at that really low level. I mean, it's minuscule. It's absolutely minuscule level, but you you find different things out later on, you know, about the betaine content, uh, the DMPT, and and then you find different things out about other ingredients like seaweed. um, And you just think to yourself, well, I can get the same molecules in there with seaweed, probably at higher levels as well, because it costs a lot less money, so you can put more in. Yeah, you see, when I, when I have used Greenlit Muscle, I've used it at about 8%. Which is that, high, yeah. I mean, is that full but, fat as well?
1: That's full fat, but also it has 5% kelp in it as well.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: As well as as well as other goodies. Um, one thing I, I would say is with DMPT, I never noticed a difference with DMPT. Yeah, if you're
2: using the pure form of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff from yeah. them. I, I, I put, it, put it in and
2: took it out and did not
1: notice
2: any difference. Well, I mean, I've tested it as well. Not not extensively, um, and I can't say I could make my mind up either way, really. Um, I mean, I've got friends who have used it in updates and they've had some exceptional sessions when they've used it, but even then, they, they still can't make their mind up. But the way I look at it is uh, that it's, it's in seaweed, it's in greenlet mussel, but there's other things in there. So you get a bit of synergy and it's, at, it's, at, it's probably at even lower levels than what you're adding if you're adding it in the pure form. Um, so you don't know what's going on with the car from the attraction point of view when it's working in tandem with different things, you know.
0: What I would like to know, and I don't know the answer to this, is I'd like to know how much DMPT is in, let's say, 100 grams of seaweed versus, say, 10 grams of full-fat GLM. Do you, I don't, do you know how they compare or, or not I
2: don't really know how you, how they how it would quantify but yeah. what I will say as well is um you've also got dimethyl sulfide DMS in both of them and because that's a degradation product to the DMPT. And, and and in all the scientific studies dimethyl sulfide is also extremely attractive to carp um so there's lots of things going on there that will attract the fish now when I've done other research on green that muscle and stuff, um, I've never noticed that the amino acid profile of it um, fits what, in my mind, most things that I think are selective for big mm-hmm. carp or iron, which is um, branch chain amino acids, like milk proteins, if yeah. you like, and other things. Um, but I, I also did wonder if... Um, if you looked at it from the angle of um, the anti-inflammatory properties of the full fat green lip muscle with the older fish sort of thing. Um, Because, you know, that that's exploited in the human health market and all the rest of it.
0: And you never know if that's something that could have have an effect, you know, you just, you don't know. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the anti-inflammatory things. And I think I've spoke about this on the podcast before. Um, I was looking into to that side of nutrition for carp the thing is I think and again it's hard to know how it translates across to carp because what is you know somewhat anti-inflammatory to humans or or even dogs it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to carp as you both know that's very difficult but there are a lot of different things some of them which we commonly use in baits that are a lot more anti-inflammatory than glm anyway so I don't know if it I don't think the key to its success, if it is, you know, if you do believe it's successful, which I do, I don't think you could really chalk it up to the anti-inflammatories. But again, who knows? It might be more transferable to carp. Obviously, they're an aquatic creature, just like the the green lip mussels are. So, I don't know. It's very interesting. Just quickly, whilst I've got the mic, to go back and answer your question. Um, I mean, I started using GLM because I'd, to be totally honest, I'd heard it was good for big fish uh, and obviously heard people raving about it. This is going back fucking years. When I started using it, I kept my, I remember this vividly. I kept my mix exactly the same, started using it. In fact, I started using it in hook baits and then quickly used it in my feed baits. And I just noticed a, a, a big change, and I do mean a big change in my catch results you could can you say it's 100 percent down to the glm you can never say that but it was just too much of a coincidence for it to not be true again i was using it really high levels i can't remember how much but i i know it would have been very high and certainly these days you know i'd like it at 10 percent of full fat which is fucking expensive mm. um so i don't know i don't know i think you have to use it in high quantities to see a result though. i think these people that are using it at say three or four five percent even i just i think you need to go higher than that for it to be worthwhile if i had to use it at five percent i just wouldn't bother using it full stop
2: yeah i mean i i i've used it to uh, in hook baits at high levels um and it's been quite a good test, really, because I've stuck it into the super orange um, hook baits a few times, um, and that and that's an extremely good catcher that bait is, and I've never really noticed any any standout differences in the results with the greenlet mussel in there. Only um, in hook baits though, but you know, so mm. yeah.
0: Th- well,
1: that, that... Sorry, what um, what was the base mix, Sam, what you were using the GLM in?
0: Back in the day, it would have been yeah. a somewhat basic fish meal. at that time. It was... I can actually remember the mix because it was something I used for quite a lot. It was uh, 30% LT94. Um, I think 8% uh, CPSP90. There was CLO in there. Um super gold 60 uh, 60 or prairie meal um so,
1: so a basic a basic a whole ba- rolled fish meal
0: exactly yeah basic yeah. fish meal this is probably about 15 years ago again i noticed a big um a big change of results even if i wasn't convinced up to then and this is not a plug or anything like that but since i started using the glm in that primer powder and the hydro blend more so the primer powder that has just That's changed my mind beyond... I don't doubt it. I have zero doubt in it. I'm super confident in it. Now, I wonder if that's because it's not boiled. I don't know whether that would have some kind of effect. Yeah, definitely. Um, But the powder is just being used on top of... The primer powder is... Typically, people would either use it in a bag or they would just chuck it on top of their boilies with some liquid so it clings to the outside. Whether that's what's doing it, but, but that... GLM primer powder is is serious stuff. And and you know that, that's just sort of cemented it for me. Um see, see uh, another
2: thing as well, I mean I haven't done enough research into it to know the answers. I mean, you might know a bit more about it, Sam, but I never forget um there was one water in Stoke, and there was lads going on there, it's a day ticket water and they're using their my super orange bait. And the bait that they actually sold at the day ticket water and what was going in there a bit not loads of it but probably more than su- more super more than there was super orange going in there was um, well I won't name the company but the bait with ten percent so called greenlet in there but it's defatted I know the one you mean now now the super orange absolutely annihilated that lake there was eight thirties in there and they caught five of them in one day uh, and this. Greenlit muscle, 10% base, that was going in there and they were selling. I think it only caught 130 out of there and that was it. Um, so it's just different things like that. But as I say, that's the the defatted uh, greenlit muscle. Now, I don't know what the actual defatting process does to Rivergar. As far as I can see, it won't take out the betaine. I might be wrong. It shouldn't take out the DMPT. It shouldn't take out the DMS. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not 100% because it's not an area. It's not something that I use anymore. I mean, I do use a shellfish extract now, but it's not Green Muscle. Um And yeah, uh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, got a, an opinion on that sound because you know a lot more about that mussel than I do and you, and you advocate it more than I do.
0: Yeah, I, d- I don't know if I necessarily do know more about it than you, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure exactly uh, as I understand it, obviously, it's going to be somewhat denatured. I mean, you're taking the fat out for a start. The fat soluble vitamins in it are going to be removed now, of course. Like, the, yeah, the, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the vitamins aren't necessarily what we're after. That's not why we're using it, but I mean, who knows again, and this is ambiguous or I'm going by results. How do we know exactly what is working in the GLM? We don't really, there might be some unquantifiable thing or something that even me or you just don't know is in there. Maybe that is dispersed within the fat. I mean, a lot of, well, vitamins A, D, E, and K are fat-soluble. As yeah. well as that, there's different compounds in animals and plants which are also fat-soluble. So yeah. maybe something in it which is making it, you know, very effective is fat-soluble and therefore during the process where they take the fat out, obviously it's not it's not there, is it? Because it's in the fat. That might yeah. be part of it, as well as that, obviously, manufacturing process to to extract that fat. As I understand it, the defatted stuff—it's almost um, like a, a byproduct. They remove the fat for because that—that's the desirable part or proponent of of the. Of that's the for the health food industry, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. they're wanting the fatty part of the GLM, presumably mm-hmm. it must be because that is where obviously the nutrients reside. So whilst I haven't seen a breakdown sheet of uh, of knowing exactly how they do it or what is it removed, it just stands to reason that to put it bluntly, that the good stuff is removed from that process. That yeah, it's, the, they're, the just bit, ex,
2: they're extracting that um, glucosamine stuff, aren't they, for anti-inflammatories, for and arthritis. And chondroitin,
0: arresting. yeah. 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 yeah.
1: As, far, as far as I understand it, it's cold pressed to get the oil
2: out.
0: Yeah, same as hemp, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, you, but the the difference is, when, when, when you press a fish meal, you get what's called the stick water, with, yeah, which, which, is, all, the, which, which is, is the best also, bit. Yeah, you have the liquid bits <laughs> now. Now in LT in LT um, fish meals, they add the stick water back in That's after, after after they've skimmed the oil. They add the stick water back in. Yeah. Now with GLM, I don't know if I, I don't know what the process is. Whether they add whether they add that back in, or do they then try and further purify it for whatever they're trying to get out of it? But my point is, if you if you take the liquids and the oil out of the GLM, all the, all the water-soluble things you're talking about as well may be lost. I, I don't know what the process is.
2: Yeah, like you say, I'm with you all the way there, Steve, because that's what sets all the LT fish meals over and above all the other fish meals, the stick water being fed back in, because that's the most Absolutely. important part. So it's got totally all involved. the soluble soluble stuff in. It's got the amino acids in, the, a lot of the nucleotides. It makes it far more far more attractive than anything that hasn't had it fed, fed back in.
1: I don't. I don't know whether whether that happens with you. Yeah, you could be
2: right there. There might there might be something like that going on where where there's a a massive loss degradation and and the amount of the molecules in there that are attracting the fish.
0: Yeah, I I definitely I definitely definitely believe that the full fat is head and shoulders above the defatted. Steve, you've obviously used it a bit. What what are your findings on it? Um, well,
1: when I used it on Selby. Um, in in a fish meal but the fish meal was very good um the only reason i stopped using it is when i went to nipton and it was it was full of big bream big dusting lids. so i thought i'm not paying for full glm to feed bream um i did i did well for the on selby but looking back now because i know a lot more it's hard to pass out whether everything about that bait was good. It, it was, a um, you know, 30% LT94. It had sort of 10% CSP, uh, CPSP90. CSP, It had the original L013. It had some good flavours in. And then it had sort of 8% full fat GLM. So, back then I was convinced that GLM was the future. Um, now I'm, I'm just not sure. Certainly with the price of full fat GLM, now it's if you put putting it in boilers at eight percent, it's a do it probably costs more
2: than the rest of the basics put together, doesn't it? Yeah. Who who'd you get yours off, Sam? Or are you willing to disclose that one? <laughs>
0: um, I'd rather not because I don't want it to I don't want it to dry up. Yeah, yeah. There's but, not
2: many there's not many people that sell it now, is there?
0: Oh mate, it is it's imported, I'll tell you that much, and it's it's not from uh, FeedStim, although FeedStim do do a good one. Yeah. Um yeah, it's fucking expensive. It's eighty odd quid, something like that, a kilo. Yeah, yeah. hideously expensive. But yeah. um, they, I mean, just to touch on it as well, there's different. I mean, not all full fat GLMs are equal. They're really not. Um, and a lot of what is sold in the UK is, I don't know whether it's cut with something else, or whether it's just an inferior product. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's hard to get really high quality full fat GLM. And unless you're getting that stuff, I just don't think it's worth it. I really don't. Yeah.
2: Well, I've seen the. I bought some of the defatted stuff and when I got when I got it, I just thought this is nothing like the GLM that I used to. I mean, even that GLM that used to go off Nutribates in the 90s, it's nothing like that whatsoever. It doesn't even smell the same. It doesn't even look the same. It's not even the same colour or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, at the end of 1996, like I thought GLM was the future. Like me and my mate used to laugh about it when I used to catch it. He's used to go, yeah, it's the GLM. But then the following year, I made another bait. I mean, it was a good fishwheel bait. Very simple recipe, but loads of milks in there, refined milks, uh, good level of seaweed, and and that bait caught as well, if not better than that other bait with GLM. But like I say, it was very low levels. I mean, you two probably think that that was doing nothing. But I don't know. I, th- I think it was contributing something to the bait because you can actually smell it in the finished bait. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I, maybe as well, it's, it's the... Um... The synergy between... And again, I'm just... This is not scientific. This is just an idea. Maybe it's the synergy between different ingredients. For example, maybe if you got a good amount of CPSP90, you've got a good amount of full-fat GLM, maybe there's something there. Maybe it's a different ingredient. I'm not suggesting it is CPSP90 or, or a pre-digested. It's just using it as an example. But um, maybe there's something there. You just said you used it in... Was it a non-fish meal?
2: What, me? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was um I'll tell you the I'll tell you the recipe. Um very, very simple bait. Because the bait I was using in ninety-six was the spice fish mix, premiers, and that was extremely simple <laughs> bait, it was just fish meal, um twenty-five percent milks, which was lactalbumin and casein. Um, and then it was twenty five percent CLO bird food. That was the fish mix. But then obviously the spiced fish had got a bit of robin red and maybe other spices, I don't know. Um, So it was a very, very simple recipe. So all I did is emulated that. But I thought, well, um, I'll put seaweed in mine as well. And I, I used pravimi. I mean, and back then, like, pravimi was flame-dried fish meal, but loads of people had used it and told me it was good. Uh, so it was just pravimi, um, 10% renic casein, 10% lactalbumin, 5% robin red five percent seaweed and a bit of soy flour and it, it was a blinding bait i mean i used a couple of liquids but no liquid foods um two liquid attractors if you like mm. and that was it extremely simple bait but that bait caught absolutely brilliantly for me um you know a bit of pre-baiting going on as well but it, it, they were shitting it out and it caught really well and yeah so it's difficult to say. I probably didn't fish as much in 97 as I did in 96, but I fished enough to get a, a, a gauge on it. So, well, on the opening night of the season in 1997, I had seven fish, and I think there was only one other fish out the entire lake, and there was about
0: eight people on. So it was doing the job. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, like I'm sure we'll all agree there's so many different variables. It is almost impossible to pin it down. It really is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm using a fish meal now. It doesn't have any GLM in it, to be honest with you, um, because a it's fucking expensive. B the I've gone a different. I've gone more down the liver route with that bait. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's not that I wouldn't. It's not that I think it's the best thing in the world, but I do really rate it highly. And to be honest, I do use it because I use the GLM primer powder on the top yeah. of it. But yeah, I tell you what, I looked
2: into um, with GLM because. I'm big on this branch chain amino acid thing. I'm I'm pretty much convinced that I'm onto something with it for mm. bigger fish and older fish. And and I looked at the amino acid profile of GLM, and, it, and it's not particularly high in, in the branch chain amino acids, which is uh, yeah, isoleucine, leucine, and valine. But when I looked at liver powder, liver powder is slightly different. Liv- liver powder sorted of does tick the boxes to to being towards what I would consider a good amino acid profile for attracting larger, older fish. I thought that was quite interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the vitamins in liver powder, I mean, the B vitamins in particular, which I think are quite important in carp, for carp. Totally. Um, choline. Choline, as well. yeah. Choline yeah. and
2: nucleotides. It's very similar to me, like liver powders. It's very similar to yeast. It's very similar in, in, in the respect of how it attracts the fish. It's, it's very similar to yeast. hmm
1: I think liver, liver, and yeast go well together.
2: I've never used them in combination. Have you not? No.
1: You see, see, my my, my bait would always—if I was using a fish meal these days—I would always tend to put broccosel and um, and chicken liver hydro in as well. Yeah, I mean, you get people sorry, and But before they stopped messing about with keramine, I used to put that in at three percent
2: as well. And that, yeah. that seemed to do really well. Well, that was in the old Activate bait, wasn't it? And that was a good bait. I don't know. Yeah, that that's where it was in Activate, Caramine. I mean, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I've learned something new today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh They reckon that was like the key to that bait success. Yeah, it was uh yeah, I know I know a bit about that bait. I know a bit about some of the old mainline baits. I don't know an awful lot about the new baits, um, but know know about the old ones. I don't think there's a lot to know about the new baits. Well, yeah, the less said the better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm not it off. I, I just think they've,
2: they've got... Um, no, they're very simple. Some of the new yeah, baits they've, now... They've also got the
1: same base mix as well, I
2: think. Yeah, very very simple. Um, obviously digestible and attractive and that, but yeah, the actual base bases are pretty simple, I think, especially for the Sal and stuff, you know, and the, the, the other one, what's the other one called? Hybrid, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're all pretty
0: much similar, I think. Dean, do you know much about the um about the original Grange? Yeah, I know quite a bit about that. Yeah, what what do you reckon was working so well there? Was it a case of just advance for the times, or do you think there was something?
2: There there was a lot of good things in that bait. Um, there was a cheese powder in it, mm. which you know, cheese powders is extremely good yeah additive for baits. You know, you got the opioid thing and the Organic acids. Um, it got maize. Uh, maize. I think has it got maize meal in, or yeah, I think it got maize meal in. And anything with maize is attractive because it goes back to this uh, dimethyl sulphide thing, because that it's from the it, it comes during the cooking process, and it's it's extremely attractive to carp. Anything maize has. He, he, even even your maize flour and stuff. But Steve will know because he, he uses a bait with a lot of. Prairie meal, in, uh, super gold, whatever you want to call it, and if you get a good batch of that, you can tell the difference as soon as you get it when you smell it. Yeah, because mm. the good the good stuff really stinks, and and you know that'll be better than the stuff what wasn't smelling as much. It's the dimethyl sulfide. It also maize products seem to ferment really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you,
1: as soon as you put it in the water or, or it's in your bucket, it's already improving things. That's, that's the one thing I've noticed with, uh, with, with with Super Gold 60, is when you start putting stuff like that in, it really
2: does um, seem to turn the baits. It's a very and, underrated uh, ingredient, that, because it's cheap. People think it's going to be crap, but it, they couldn't be favoured from the truth. It's quite a good ingredient, Super Gold, isn't?
1: well. Well, I, I was surprised how, how well that bait performed. That's the, the, the bait, what I call the Grenville's Golden Balls, it's twenty percent super gold sixty. Yeah, yeah. And I basically replaced replaced the LT fish meal with super gold sixty just for the color. Um, and and it it, it it turns really well. It it, it it's
2: just a a, a good ingredient. Um, have you got? Have you got no fish meal in that bait, Steve?
1: Um, there's a shitload of CPSP ninety in it.
2: But well, there
1: not, you go. There's, 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 there's no uh, there's no um, whole Intact proteins from fish yeah. meal in it. Yeah, but you're um, still
2: getting that marine boost, aren't you, from this? Yeah, and absolutely.
1: It's yeah. an out-and-out uh, tractor bait, as I see it. It's not. It's not um, what I would call a high food value bait, although it has a high food value relative to a lot of commercial baits. That's not yeah. the. That's not the. The premise is is for it to be out and out Um but it does turn really well. Like, I've got some sweaty – well, I did have so I went to Granville last time. I've got some really sort of sweaty old, old ones, what I use them in with bags, and they're absolutely white. I they, they were, so I used them up. Um, and they were sticky. And, and it just turns really well without going green mold. You, you, you get when, when you get the lovely white, sort of fungal, sticky, smelly mess on the outside
2: mm. –
1: it just seems to turn really well. Do always...
2: you put sugar in that bait, Steve? you put any sugar in it?
1: No, not at all. Not at all.
2: Nothing at all? No liquids with any sugar in it or anything?
1: No, absolutely not. There's no. The only liquids in that bait are um, hemp oil, um, some shrimp paste, which is technically not, not a liquid, um, and, and then I don't even put any flavours in. So, so no, there's absolutely no liquids whatsoever.
2: No milk. I mean, no milk powder. Um.
1: No. Mm. No. Uh, well, yes. Uh, well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's ten percent uh, orange gel.
2: Yeah, yeah, but no, no calf milk. No. 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 Mm. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> there's a bit there's a bit of sugar in the orange gel, isn't there? There's not loads, but there's a bit. Yeah,
1: there's, there's gotta be. Some lactose, but but it's it it's very little because our orange is eighty percent protein. Yeah, I,
2: th- I think there's about, I think there's about, don't be cheap, but I think there's about ten percent. I was going to say,
1: it. I was I was going to stab at a maximum of ten percent. Yeah, lactose. I think
2: there's about ten percent in there. Um, yeah. yeah, there is. I mean, you, you've got sugar and all the way protein concentrates. Yeah,
1: yeah. but I, I, I don't necessarily. Think, but what I did think about actually was, was getting some lactose powder and putting it in Um, well I was actually thinking of putting it in my maize my actual fermented maize was getting some lactose powder. I've not done it yet but I was just wondering if, if um, with, the, with the culture I've got in in, me, in, me, in my maize I was wondering if I put some lactose in on the soak whether whether you would get a bigger, a bigger production of lactic acid, mm. and it's something. I have all these ideas, and I don't, I don't sort of get on them for years sometimes. Um, but that, that was something I was thinking about: is getting, is getting lactose and putting it in and see what happens. Um, but I'm presuming the only way you could change that is check the pH. It's sorry to check that is to get a is to take the pH. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Mm, so that's, that's why I'm a fan of, of, of skim milk powder, because it has a very high um, lactose content. Yeah. And, and, and I think, especially when you use something like skim milk powder in a nut mix, I, th- I think it's, it's very good for, I think when you turn it, one of the principal attractors is lactic acid.
2: So yeah, well he, it'll be it'll definitely be attractive to carp, lactic acid well, hundred percent. Yeah Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well
1: I can tell I can tell from my maze because my maze has definitely got lactic acid in it from, from how I do it. Mm. Um, and it's 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 changed my fishing since I since I um since I started
2: doing that. Well Terry Airn's but Terry is big on his special maze, isn't he? He likes a bit of special mate. He salts it though as well, doesn't he, I think.
1: Yeah, does I mean the, the video I saw a couple of years ago, he was putting treacle along it, I think.
2: Yeah, I think he does. I think he does.
1: But... I, mean, I, I used to put molasses. I used to put molasses on them. back, you know, a few years ago, and, and ferment it with yeast. Um, but the way I do it now is, um, I, w- I would say it's it's definitely better. Um, it really. I I need to check the pH on it. To be fair, it's something I've not done. I've just I've just sort of made it and left it, and, it, and it's working. So so I'm sort of happy with it. But um, need to concentrate less on nutrition and get back on back on my bait head um, but it's it's um seems to, to really work since, since i've been using it in, in my mix when i say mix like a spot mix then it seems to have have made a big difference
2: yeah so, uh, anything maize they, they, they love maize i tell you uh, anything that's i think a lot of it's like you say uh, I'm hundred percent convinced that that dimethyl sulfide for maize is a big puller for carp. It's a big mm. puller.
1: Because mm. I, I know one, one lad who, who's basically had a maize bait made up. I can't really say where 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 he's using it, but he, he's basically had a, a maize bait made up, and he said he's told me it's seventy percent maize the bait. Yeah, and he, he's having it. He's he's not rolling it. He's having it rolled up. He's having a load of eight mil balls made, and and basically he's filling it in the with these seventy percent made balls, eight mil, um, and he seems to
2: catch. Yeah, well, you know? I, I've um, I tell you what I did when it, in the early days when I made that um. That milk bait of mine. I mean, it's not sky iron milk it's got it's got more than most baits on the market to have in the HXB. Sam's had a bit of it. And um we had really good results on it on a couple of waters. Um and then when I took it on Trenton, very silty, old estate lake. It, it just wasn't working properly. It, it just seemed like it just seemed like it just wasn't cutting it, it wasn't attracting the fish properly, it wasn't stopping them or anything. So I tinkered around with it, and one of the things that I added to the bait was um, maize protein super gold. Uh, I mean, I did a few other things as well, but that bait then it was like a different bait. It just seemed like the food signal cut straight through the silt, and it just showed. And I only put it in at five percent. I put the super gold in at five percent. Um, I added a couple of other things. And it and it it was a good lesson it was a, it was a good lesson and a, a failure was a very good lesson because it made it a better bait because I'm always annoyed if if a bait won't work on, on a particular substrate because I like trying I mean it's impossible to optimize it for everywhere but I like it so it'll work in all different conditions and that bait that those few little tweaks there did uh and that maize protein definitely helps it because it, it really is attractive.
1: Well, in my, my golden balls, I've I've swapped the Sawyer out and put Tiger uh, nut flour in now. Yeah. Um. Just just for extra fermentation.
2: Yeah that 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 starts that starts going if you aren't careful when it's just in a bucket when it's dry it's you can tell it you can tell it's a bit active that um, maize flour because it starts getting a bit of a funny smell on it after you've had it for so long.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to quantify or qualify what that could be because you seem to get... Whenever I get a, a, a new batch of it, it always looks different. Mm. Some Sometimes it's it's like really gold, like, like a dark gold, and sometimes it's lighter, you get a different grittiness to it. It's, it's a lot more inconsistent than, than fish meals. Um, so I've never really... I couldn't really sort of quantify or qualify what I think has been good about about it.
2: Um, well, you've, you've a been thing. using you've been using um, you've been using the bait with a lot of tiger nut meal and well, tiger, What do you use, Steve? Do you use just the flour or do you use the meal as well? Um, it's, I think it's the flour, but, it, yeah, but the, fl- but, the, the flour-
1: but the meal the meal wouldn't upset me.
2: Yeah, I use both of my nut baits because I like the I like the chunks. So I use mm. I use a fifty fifty mixture of tiger nut flour, nice and fine, and then the meal just so you get the chunks in there as well. Mm. Um, but you were catching, weren't you, on that at, towards yeah, it the did, end did, of the yeah, end of the really. season, like on acting?
1: Well, both. I, I basically made it for um, for Grendel. Like, What I wanted to do was see how a white bait performed rather than the golden balls because I had um, I just wanted to see from the catch results whether, whether there was a difference and also because because I didn't start till the end of October on Grenville, obviously the water temp's dropping mm. so I was thinking more along the lines of a lower protein bait um, than the golden balls because the golden balls isn't mega high in protein but with it being 10% Origel, twenty percent uh, super gold. It's got it's got a shitload of CPSP ninety and broccoli cell in it, so it's, it's a reasonable food base. So, so the theory was, what would happen if I used something what's what's slightly more whiter in colour and has a lower intact protein content? At a, yeah. carb- a higher carb, at a higher carbohydrate content, yeah, or... which is
2: tiger meal because there's next to no protein in it, is it? Yeah, Where's exactly. It's six- about six percent protein in it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's rock all, but, but the other thing was, I was looking at, I was thinking about not basically a hot soak with Grenville's golden balls. I put my hot soak on it, but I wasn't, I was, I was looking at doing, doing the, uh, I just call it my Grenville's white mix by not not putting the hot soak on, but also not putting the aura gel in. Because the, the, the aura gel only goes in at such high levels so it can facilitate a hot soak. So, so the, the, the cunning plan was, if it works, then I want to produce a mass, a mass baiting approach in very small food items. So, so I wanted to make something like a 14 by 10 barrel or a fourteen by eight barrel, or something like that, mm. and not have to hot soak it, so I could I could potentially sweat yeah, so it you can increase
2: the surface area for the leakage.
1: No, no, not at all. Just increase the number of food items. Oh right, okay. So, so let me grab my golden balls. I normally roll them as, as 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 fourteen fourteen mil sausage on an eighteen mil table. So you're getting fourteen by eighteen barrels. Barrels, yeah. No, no, we we. With this white bait, I, w- I was thinking of going smaller where you've got something like rolling it on a 14-mil table with like an 8- or 10-mil sausage. So, so you're getting, instead of getting, for the sake of argument, 300 baits per kilo, you're getting six to 800 baits per kilo. Yeah. Um, but when, when you're that small, I think the hot salt would blow blow them apart in terms of the structural integrity which is why I use the ten percent or gel. I didn't want to use the orange gel because it's eighty percent protein and I'm trying to make the whole point of the bait is to make it a, a carbohydrate fermentable bait with, with, with the only the only intact sorry, there's no intact proteins. The only proteins in there would be hydrolyzed.
2: Yeah yeah. So, so yeah, you're so, just going you're just getting all out on the attraction rate, aren't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But also, I wanted I wanted it to wash out white, so, so when it's in the water, it's white. Um, and also, like my golden balls mix, I only turn I only turn um, the the stuff what I put in the bags. I don't turn the feed bait. I it, and the bags work really well when we turn but it also works really well when when it's hot soaked, but. The, the game plan was to just try it out as, as the um, the freebies turned as well. So if I'm spot if I'm spotting freebies out, then to have a, a you know a, a lower protein sauce, but turned with the saigon. You know, I was just thinking it because the game plan for, for, for Grenville is I one a forty pound common out of there.
2: Yeah, because they're coming they're coming through now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, there's about there's about seven forty different forty pound commons in there now. Um, so I was just wondering if if it, it would increase my chances of that. The reason only, only I say that is because I had, I had the last day of the season on accident. I had one of my target fish, the drop tail common, and I've been after that fish for a long, long time, and I've not caught it on my normal whatever I've done. Like I started off on on the liver fish meal, didn't have it on that. Then I went on to the golden balls, I didn't have it on that, and then. This spring, I've been using the the, the white mix in cubes, and, I, and I've had a really good spring. I, I went four times in the spring and I had five originals out. Hmm.
2: Um, how much so, tiger? So, how much tiger nut flour have you got in that bait, Steve? Twenty percent. Oh, so you've loaded up then. Yeah. Oh yeah, You're, yeah, yeah. You've got oh. the. Uh, uh, it's, like, it's like the thing where I said to you like when we were joking around on the WhatsApp. Uh, with tiger nuts as well being thermogenic, I'm almost I'm almost convinced. Anyway, I'm pretty much convinced that anything that's thermogenic works well in cold water. Absolutely, you know, and like we've spoken about it before, it's minuscule shifts in the corpse metabolism, but you just don't know what that's doing with regards to their brain chemistry and all the rest of it. It's because anything that's thermogenic seems to work well in cold water.
1: Mm. Well so the, the the one the thing what did it for me was um I read um something about tiger nut flowering in humans, they're saying that the the, the prebiotic fibre in tiger nuts yeah. promotes promotes butrate production in, in, in humans in the colon. Yeah, that's right. So 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 my thought was well if it's producing butrate in your gut the whole attractiveness of tiger nuts are, are a large part of it. I think is
2: nutrient production from the lakes yep. bacteria. The,
1: yeah. the lake bacteria are, are fermenting it.
2: Do you mean? I was going to say. Do you mean if you let them ferment? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: that that told um, that's the reason for putting it in the cold water bay. And that's the reason why I've swapped it into the Golden Balls Bay to see if I can improve the fermentation for my bags, because my bags have done really, really well on Grenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as far as as far as all my bigger fish have come off bags, so, so, yeah. some overbait, some not, but but it seems to be a really potent. Um, way of just uh, not necessarily isolating them because there's so many fish there, you, you can't isolate them. But, it, but it, it certainly seems to have a track record and it doesn't put off the bigger fish and it seems, I don't know, there's something there in, in those bags that what
2: you, do you put? Well. What did you put in the bag, Steve? Crushed Boily?
1: Well, it's the only thing you can use. It's Boily it only. So yeah, I know.
2: But, like, you, my, my I golden, mean, you know.
1: My, my golden balls, it's my golden balls mix and it's just, they're just highly turned. They'll have been in and out of the freezer probably between three and seven times.
2: You put whole boilies in the bag there as well. Yeah, yeah, whole boilies.
1: Oh, you mean you mean the PVA bag? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well, what I do is I uh, I hit them with a crusher. Um, so then you've got I do two 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 turns. Like some of it's like half boilies and nuts. yeah, little chunks. Yeah, little you know little chunks as big as half boilies, and then there's crumb in there. Um, but it's how turned those boilies are. They, they're really well turned. They're sticky, and it, yeah. well when I when I get a certain consistency, I think right they are fucking bang up, um, and, and and they seem they seem to do well. But what I was saying about the drop tail is I had that literally on the last day of the season. I had my damn rod. The, the rod I had on the dam. I was doing absolutely nothing. And at three in the morning, I had a stocky on my left-hander, and it took me right-hand rod out. So, so come first light, well, six o'clock in the morning, I thought I'm not pissing about three-rod, tricking it on the dam. And I'd seen fish to the left of my left-hand spot. So I literally put I put a hook bait on, cast it out, just got a decent drop, thought sweet, and I put two spods of the fermented maize over it. And both landed with a decent crosswind. It was like we had a big storm at the end of the season. the 12th of April. Um, and I got landed two spots right on the money. So I, I thought, right, that'll do. And, and four hours later, it, it ripped off with the drop tail. Mm-hmm. And that that was just... There was just the hook bait and two, two mini spawns of fermented maize. So So... What I was thinking about lactic acid in particular be- seeming to be attractive to commons. Um, was, was that a factor, given that the maize is lacto-fermented? I'd have been after that that fish, and it's the only rod that didn't have any barley on it.
2: Yeah, the old commons are mysterious creatures, aren't they? Mm. just
1: but I'm, I'm trying to mysteriously find one in gremble in 72 acres the seven the seven in 72 acres and i would give my left nut for one of them
2: <laughs> i think they um i think they get in close to 50 as well aren't they
1: um the last the biggest one i've i've, I've heard of was about 42 and a half 43 so. oh was
2: that all they are oh uh, i sure my yeah, did they, they, they went in a lot later than the others yeah, but they've still gr- uh, they've still grown well, aren't they? They've grown. Oh yeah, well.
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably four to five times more fifty pound mirrors than there are forty pound commons.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So a, you're five times more likely to get a fifty pound mirror than you are a forty pound common.
2: It's all yeah. a numbers game on on Granville, it? It's a lot. A yeah, lot. You, you just you just fishing for bites. You, you yeah. can't target
1: anything. You just you just fishing for bites. But I I I, I always try and the odds in my favour doing something or other um, with a game plan in mind. And it, it, I'm not saying it, it always works, but it's it's just keeps me entertained, keep, keep, keeps keeps me as, as, as insane as I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking about your HXB, mate, fucking Wooly had, had the the big lever out on that, didn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. He he, he actually went, you know. Um, I mean, he's a character. So he is, Rob Wooly. He joined acting and he was in Thailand on holiday partying because he's a bit of a party animal. He is and he rang me from from Thailand and uh he says, Can you sort me some bait out? I says, Why? He says, I'm getting I'm getting acting Bernal next week. I said, Oh, you've joined that, have you? He says, Yeah, he says, I'm in Thailand in a minute on holiday. So I says, All yeah, right, says, it's all right for some. So he he, he says. I'll nip in your house on the, on the way through back from the airport. sort me some bait out, so I sorted him a bit of bait out, and it was super orange. He didn't even pay me for it, and I, which I wasn't very happy about. <laughs> and <laughs> he, he went on acting, and I think he had, I think he had two bites on it and lost both of them. But then the following week, because he'd used the HXB a lot more, he had me rolling some of that in white, and and yeah, when. He, you were there weren't you and, he, and mm. I think I think you said that you said to where you'd seen some fish or whatever and he went in there and he caught that leather yeah
1: uh, yeah well I was on the lower having a social with, with my mate Lee and, and he and he come wandering around and uh, he said he was going to the top left. I so said get in steps mate the fish are in steps and uh, yeah he went in as I said you only eat a fish about 40 yards something like that. and he went in and he had the big leather <laughs>
2: one of my targets yeah that's one <laughs> yeah. your targets yeah <laughs> I think, I think it was just under 40 once. It? it was 39-something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega fish, though. It doesn't come out much as well.
2: Yeah, I know. He had a right result there, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: happy
2: days. Is that, still, so, is that still going, that fish? Uh, no, it died in the...
1: Uh, when we had the, that first heat wave in July, But when it went to 41 degrees C, it was belly up. Last,
2: last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last oh, summer. That's, oh, that's a shame.
1: Yeah. It's an absolute wound, mate. Um, fortunately, I, I caught it um at the end of the season, so what we have now, um, last summer was, uh, two... yeah, so I so basically had it in start of April 20, 2022, and then I had it th- at 38.6, um, and then I had it, th- the opening trip of the 2020, you know, June 2022, I had it opening trip at 41.6. Yeah. Um, and then a
2: month later it
1: died in the heatwave.
2: Proper leather as well, wanted it? a proper yeah, leather. Yeah, true, true
1: proper leather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Rare when I had it yeah, when I had it
1: at thirty eight six, I was overjoyed.
2: But I was just gutted it wasn't forty pound. Mm. I, I, I know I know we all say we all Yeah, say, it's only a number like, but yeah, it's a, but no, it no, I, right.
1: I just wanted a forty pound true leather. Mm. Same same thing as I want I want a forty pound comment. Yeah. Like, two 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 years ago, um, on Grenville, I had, I had one of the commons at 3410, which is, I think it was about two and a half years ago. It would have been September 19. So, so that common now will be over 40 pounds.
2: That's four, that's four years ago, Steve. Jesus. Well, yeah, 2019, 2020,
1: 2020 2021, 2022. Jesus, yeah. So, this September, that'll be four years ago. So, that, that, that fish will definitely be over 40 pounds now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, I I I'm just gagging for a forty pound comment <laughs> Yeah yeah. When I drop tail, it was down in weight. Potentially, a drop tail could do forty pound. It's done forty pound twice, I think. And it's not. And if it's not forty pound, it's normally about thirty nine when it when I had it. But it was like thirty seven six. So it was a couple of pound down on on what um what it could have been um. But yeah, I just, I just I'm just gagging for a forty
2: pound common. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've chased a forty pound common a couple of times. I've caught one. I, I didn't. Ca- I haven't caught a forty. I've had I've had one that's been forty, but it wasn't forty when I caught it. Mm. But yeah, commons are always like dead rare years ago, weren't they? But there's a lot more of them now. It de- I think it depends where you fish. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I mean, years ago, I mean, even twenty pound commons, like they were like a big thing. Um, yeah, it's I mean, fishing's changed, a lot, It's in the last yeah. twenty years or whatever. And yeah, there's just a lot more big fish. But yeah, still, it's forty pound commons. There's still uh, there's nowhere near as numerous as, as mirrors, are they?
1: No, not at all. Unless you either fish primarily,
2: yeah, down there, yeah, or farriers, prim, farriers,
1: farriers are Yeah, yeah. So yeah. those are the places with a lot of big commons. Yeah. Um, otherwise, no, I mean, no, you you know i mean i th- I think in Grenville, I'm not sure whether there's either fifty or a hundred of the original batch he put in um so I eighteen you know eighteen hundred fish give or take you might be looking at fifty or a hundred of the original commons mm. what went in so so you know you you're looking at what best between one in eighteen and one in thirty six fish is a common, yeah. You know, and, and, and only seven of those fifty, or seven of those a hundred, are like forty plus. So you're up against it. Whereas potentially there might be fifty, uh, so there might be thirty fifties in there now. Right?
2: Yeah, it's mad, and there could mad be place. potentially five 60s. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just insane.
2: Uh, yeah, well, my caught when I'm sexy, Steve. I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah. Oh I and
2: that's the only fish Matt has had this season, isn't it? Um I think it might be, mate. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit it's a it's actually insane, really, because that was his first bite out of there on that Frankie Mix bait. Was, that was yeah. the first bite they'd had using. He's caught he's caught a few fish out of there using my bait. I think he's caught on the super orange, the HXB, the Red Devil. I mean, he doesn't fish an awful lot. Yeah. Um and I think He's the only person who's ever used that Frankie mix on there, and I think he'd only put about in pre. I think it was his eighth night using that bait on there, so he's probably put ten kilo in, but not a lot for two thousand fish. So nothing is it. He's he's dropped he's dropped lucky like, which is what you've got to do on a big water like up with yeah. a lot of fishing. You've just got to drop in the right swim where them fish are the big ones. He's dropped lucky and and bang like he's had the fish of his dreams. Yeah, I was. I mean. I think I was happier than him when he caught that. So what what
1: is that Frankie Mix? Is it a fish meal?
2: Yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's a a fish meal, but it's... Yeah, it's quite a bit different than a lot of other fish meals. I mean, it's very, very soluble. um, And it's got a few unusual bits and bobs in it as well, yeah. It's got herbs in it and stuff. And, yeah, it's caught well. it's It's caught the... I mean, i have only been selling that bait. I mean, I came up with it at the end of 2020. Um, Been testing it for about 10 months and then started selling it. So it's caught the biggest fish in about five or six different lakes. I mean, because that's the biggest one in Grenville, isn't it? It wasn't at its biggest yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the late record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It
1: was, was well done compared to what it has done. But
2: Yeah, um, it's done 65, hasn't it? But a yeah, big but fish
1: done 65-12 twice.
2: Yeah, a big fish like that, though. Uh, I was on about this to Matt. Big fish like that. The, the amount the amount they can go up and down, depending on how much bait they get caught over, will be unbelievable.
1: It's how much they spawn as well.
2: Yeah, on yeah, there. spawning as well, yeah. yeah. But oh, it had I'm been on. caught, though. It had been caught at 63 only a few weeks before or a month before. Yeah. Jason can caught it, didn't he? Yeah,
1: Jason had it. Then, I, then I'm not sure. I think Aldi had it. Albie had it after him, and then Matt had it after him. He doesn't normally do that many captures, so it's probably a bit stressed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you would say that because it's been caught on my mate, wouldn't you? No,
1: no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean that. <laughs> no, but,
2: it's, it's, pro- it's it's probably stress, just it's hungry just, as well, mate. It's stress, is-
1: well, yeah, because it's September, so it starts building up. But what I'm yeah. saying is J- Jason Kahn had it, and then a few weeks later, Albie had it. And then, he, and then he got caught again off mats. So, so, so normally when they get caught a few times in a row, they usually go down in weight just because of the stress. Yeah, they the stress they they the catchers.
2: They they're not all the same, mate. I, I know some yeah. fish that get caught, you know, loads of times, and they're up and weight. There was there was one in Trentum; it was insane. It used to fluctuate that much. It was uh, used to go up and down and weight a lot. It used to get caught quite a bit, but they can go up and down a lot naturally, mate. I mean.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, a big fish like that, it, it could quite conceivably put three or four pound of weight on him just in food when it goes on a gorge.
1: Oh yeah, easy, easy. And the amount of bait what goes in Grenville. Yeah. You know, like some like some people are doing twenty kilo bait drops, thirty kilo bait drops.
2: Oh yeah, they're fishing over massive beds of bait, aren't they? Yeah.
1: So so if, so if a fish moves in on that, like you say, it could have a sixty pound fish could have three or four kilo boiling in its guts.
2: Yeah, no problem. That well, that's
1: eight pound, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> I, hell of a lot of weight. I mean, yeah. I, I've caught 20s. I've caught 20s like three or four days apart. And like they're over a pound. Low 20s, they're over a pound in difference on the same scales. And it just depends on how much they vet.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I, I've noticed certainly with some of the bigger action fish, if they slip up a couple of times on the bounce, they normally drop a bit.
2: Hmm.
1: And, I, and I think it's, especially if the fish water don't get caught long. I think, I think they get a bit stressed. Like, like, for instance, say they go sulking, they go off bait for a couple of weeks, and then the first time they go back on bait, they get nailed again. Mm. I, th- I think, potentially, they can lose weight for a stress response just because they're not... You know, yeah. they're, 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 you know I mean, obviously, the, like the grenville fish, I mean, it's rich in naturals, but they're that big because of the, the food.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The They the aren't growing... Are they growing just on natural? I mean, the fish would get very big in Granville anyway without any bait. Yeah,
1: because the water quality is on yeah. the scale.
2: But they're, they're probably all at least 10 pounds bigger than what they'd be naturally, aren't they?
1: Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Easy.
2: You know.
0: But the still other there, thing, you is still it... there, Sam? You're going to sleep over here. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can't get a
1: word in Edgeway. But... <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, another thing about Grenville, what is what sort of special is the amount of fish meal going in. I think it drives the benthic organisms. In oh, the, definitely.
2: Yeah. You, you're, you're fertilizing the environment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah,
1: without a doubt. Because the, the fish are shitting it out, shitting a lot of fish meal out. Yeah. And, and it's, going, it's going into the sill and it's driving the benthic chain. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the blood where matches on there are just biblical. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was there. I was right on the end of a northeaster. Um, it was a cold wind, and, and the fish was so far away. I was fishing a, a swim that only me and Kirky fish. Basically, I, I fish it when I can't make my mind up. And occasionally, Kirky goes on there in the spring and fishes close in. But because he, he's hardly there, there's never anybody in that swim. But it was right on the end of a new northeasterly. And I thought, there's a chance. All I could see, I couldn't. The fish were so far away, I couldn't even see the fish. All I could see were the splashes because it was about a 25 mile an hour gust. When they were coming up, taking the hatch, you could just see the splashes from a distance, Because I'm probably six, seven hundred yards away from the fish, and yeah. you could just see these massive splashes. And then a plume of spray coming back. I, um, and that's just the hatches. The chronomids were just behind the bushes behind me, it was just black with buzzers.
2: Is the big is the big silk gullies on Granville then as well um no
1: not not really the sort of deep bits where the hatches come come from it's just like a big bowl yeah, yeah like, I, I,
2: I was I was having a, a little well not so much a debate like Well, somebody was on about fly hatches and that uh, and bloodworm. And bloodworm, you think like most people think that they just live in silts, but they don't actually. Because I I fish waters where the bottom's quite hard, and you've still got bloodworm there where the bottom's quite hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, even on waters where you think the bottom is hard, there is still some degree of silt. Generally,
2: yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah.
1: generally speaking. So, yeah. um, but but where the where the way you see when the fish are out right in the middle. Like say, so basically Grenville's like a. If you look at a map of Africa, it's roughly that shape. And then if if you went to the top of Africa, if you look at the map of Africa, if you, if you look where sort of Mali is and, and, and that sort of area, there's a really deep bowl up there on Grenville, and and it goes down to about thirty six foot. But the average depth is like between twenty six and thirty foot, and it's not. You know, there's a, there's a depth variation of, say, four foot between 26 foot and 30 foot, maybe, on a lot of the areas. And that's that's where the, the big hatches seem to come from. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the fish, when, when they're 300 yards out, and no one can catch them. And they just bounce and You're seeing, like, hundreds of, of just enormous fish. My eyesight is absolutely garbage. So if I see a fish, 400 yards and I think Jesus that was a donkey it's a donkey yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> it's just yeah. just. but, but the, the feeding mad, you know
2: it's a mad place that Granville I mean because the because of the massive areas where you just can't reach the fish that's what makes it so difficult isn't it
1: yeah it's rock hard I mean when you get on fish they're actually very easy to catch they're which, not the norm- which they
2: normally are on a big water aren't they
1: yeah but the, the part is that they don't they don't come out the amount of fish I've had, I have not had many fish off there, but I've had quite a few. And, and Paul said, like when I when I had a, a thirty-four-eight, um, full, proper fully scaled, really dark brown. I sent the picture to Sam, um, and it was thirty-four-eight. And Paul said, "Well, I've no record of that since it's been stocked. It's never been out at thirty-plus." Mm. Um, so, so given that it's a, given that it's a fully. It, it probably hasn't been out in well over two years, possibly a lot longer, because he doesn't know because he only records.
2: Yeah. They've like
1: got the original he only records them over £30. They've
2: got, they've got all that free food and they've got all that massive area where no one can reach them. They, they, they can just sit out there for as long as they want, couldn't they? Yeah,
1: but they I don't I don't think they're avoiding angling pressure. I just think they're out there because of the bloodworm and the hatches.
2: <laughs> yeah, possibly. I'd probably say a bit of both myself, like. but yeah. I just don't think they're pressured fish. They don't count as pressured fish to me
1: because, because because by and large, on average, they're not getting caught once a year. Obviously, some fish, like when Matt had that, it was his third capture of the season. But if you look on average, then some fish aren't getting caught for seven years. Well, a fish what hasn't been out for seven years is not a pressured
2: fish because it hasn't been hooked. Yeah, but I, I don't look at it like that. I'll be honest with you, really. Uh, the way I look at it is how much angling pressure the game rods going in, spodding, all the rest of it. So, because that's what pushes fish out into no man's land, really, a lot of the time. What's yeah, your... but
1: only pressured fish, and these fish are not pressured.
2: But yeah. by what what I def what I define pressured as. Yeah, I mean, you you're just taking it on captures, aren't you? Yeah, but also depth of water
1: there's a big difference between spotting in 30 foot spotting in three foot yeah there if, is. You, if, if you're putting a spot over a fish in 30 foot of water right, how affected yeah. is it
2: but don't well you've got yeah, lads getting in the you've got leads getting in the water as well aren't you
1: Yeah, but again a lead going in in 26 foot of water or a lead going in in three foot of water there's a big difference yeah there's a
2: big difference yeah because yeah, where
1: split went for a start you've got in twenty-six foot of water, it's landed three meters behind where it's landing with a swing back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there's just a massive difference, between, like like an action when you when you're at the top end of action and in the summer you've got three foot. If you put a lead on a fish, you know yeah, you know what I mean. The, the fish will spook it. Yeah, it's
2: probably Yeah, it'll it'll well, gone. you will spook
1: it. But the other thing yeah. is, like a forty-pound fish in three foot of water, it's only got a foot clearance in the bottom and and or less, and it's got the same or less to the surface. Hmm. If, you, if you've got 18 inches to, to nearly two foot of depth of the fish, its back's not far from from the surface, and its belly's not far from the silt. So if you're putting a three, four ounce lead right on it, it's got to be much more... Um,
2: yeah, it's going it's to disturb it more, but I'd still I say... Think it's I, sm- I would still say... Think- I would still say, personally, like, that even on Grenville, if you rocked up and there's a big shoal of fish in front of you and you did 100 casts, you'd probably catch less than if you did three. Oh, yeah, given.
0: Yeah.
2: Are you still there, Sambo?
0: I'm here, mate.
2: How many stars have you got?
0: Fucking loads, just sitting back listening. Aren't I <laughs>
2: yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I, on the I,
0: fucking I, gin now.
2: I just keep chatting. I know. as long as it's fishing related, I just keep just keep do chatting. You... Here's one, Dino. Go on, talk us through branch chain amino acids. What do you want to know? Why? Why do you think they work? Well, it, it it's just basics, really. The the the, the initial um, ideas that I've got with it's is basically because obviously it's um muscle mass you can't be can't be can't be made without branched chain amino acids mm. and obviously bigger fish have obviously got more muscle mass so it's just it just sort of went down that route and noticed with the milk proteins it was definitely catching bigger than average fish and and that's where I've gone along that line. So, you know, it's sort of my thinking's developed now along the lines of things that are rich in branched-chain amino acids definitely seem to increase the chances of catching big fish. I'm not saying it's the only thing that'll catch them because you'll catch them on all sorts of baits, but um, I definitely think it's a factor. And as I say, I had a little look at um, liver powder, Um and that was quite high in the branch chain amino acids. So, so yeah.
1: That what about meat high. meals? Because because meat's got quite but, a of leucine in, not it?
2: There's there's nothing. There's no ingredients that even come close to the milk proteins. Whey protein is obviously the best one, um, but casein's good. Uh, and and I mean, I've got I've got a few crazy theories about. Uh, receptors being upregulated in older fish and, and things like this. Um, and it makes sense to me. Whether or not I'll ever prove it is a different story, but I definitely think high um, levels of whey protein concentrate and in in your baits. Uh, I mean, well, LT fish meals are fairly high in um, branched chain amino acids, but they're nowhere near as concentrated as the the milk proteins.
1: Have you, have you looked into
2: hydrolyzed collagen? No. Is that eye in it? I'm presuming so. i was just, I've
1: never used it, but but I've, I've looked, I've looked at, I've never looked at the profile to be fair, but I was just wondering if, if hydrolyzed collagen would be, um, stimulatory.
0: um, I, I'm pretty sure the main amino acids in collagen are proline, glycine. I think those are the main ones, particularly glycine. I think. Yeah,
2: well, the the, the proline is an interesting one because that's iron. The milks as well, that's iron yeah. casein.
0: Well, particularly casein. That's uh, not that's much. not a branched chain amino acid, though. No,
2: no, no. But proline is an extremely interesting amino acid for a number of reasons. Um, one. Um, Proline actually if a foodstuff's high in proline, then it actually increases the feed intake in carp. That's like proven. And they utilize that in the fish feed industry as well. Um I have I do know that there was one bait maker who used to add um the neat amino acid proline into his bait. And I would assume it would have been for that reason to increase feed intake. Um so, yeah, that's interesting. But proline is interesting. It's really interesting because there's there's the structural analogs of it um, that are present in a few other things that I'm very interested in. Um, obviously, it's critical in the um, opioid peptides as well. It's Yeah, it's very interesting, proline. Is. Yeah, very interesting.
0: There, there's a proline Pro- variant as well, isn't there? Hydroxyproline. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: that's, well, well that's, in, that's what's in collagen is hydroxyproline. Collagen is basically fourteen percent hydroxyproline.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, well, well, that 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 might be something that would be good for sticking in your bait to increase the feed intake.
1: Yeah, well, well, probably a uh, uh, um, a gustatory stimulant as well. It's one of the yeah, seven. Yeah. It's well, one of the seven from catsungian and dovin.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is as well. Um, you know, most of the well, all the amino acids have some have some reaction in carp anyway. But um proline is definitely interesting with regards to the taste receptors as well.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one of the it's one of the seven what was identified in in the Katsumi and Doving
2: paper 2003. Yeah, well, my favorite spice contains a molecule. I've spoke about it before. That is an actual structural analog of proline. And it's water That's soluble. Like chicken belly. Yeah. It's war it's water soluble and it ticks all the boxes. And, uh, and and another thing, like this is all going into the territory of crazy theories that I'll probably never prove, or I'll try to, but um I'm convinced there's something going on with proline receptors as carp as as carp age. As the older carp get, I am sure that there's more proline receptors present in the in the gustatory system or there's something going on with this because. Well, JB said the receptor density's
1: got a paper when he did the podcast with Sam. He said yeah, It
2: increases that... when the, with age. Yeah.
1: yeah. Basically the receptor density increases because I thought like you said that it was an upregulation of sensitivity.
2: Yeah. Or an upregulation of gene expression. That's what I meant, which is, which ties in with what John Baker says. So obviously as they get older, say we're talking about proline, and all of a sudden, the expression of that gene goes up. Goes up. So then they've got more receptors for, for the proline. And the, I mean, there's something going on because, I mean, I might as well give the game away. I'm not really blabber. Um, Fenugreek is an unbelievable additive. And, and it, mm. definitely, it definitely is something that if you analyze the results, it's definitely got a propensity to catch big fish. I mean, yeah. fenugreek is absolutely superb
0: i agree with that that's why make the f- uh, maple flavor is so effective yeah yeah I mean, maple
2: flavor yeah
0: yeah 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 just to sort of switch switch back a little bit um you're talking about bigger fish being attracted to bcaas what about older fish as well but the reason why i say yeah that older is, ones
2: as well yeah i should have yeah, said that as chain, as
0: well. yeah branch chain yeah branch chain amino acids really really important for retaining muscle so obviously there's something yeah, called sarcopenia muscle, yeah 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 which is basically age-related atrophy of the muscle that's in humans i'm i'm talking about now and we'll yeah.
1: that leucine son
0: yeah isoleucine, isoleucine leucine and valine, bailey, but, leucine.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah exactly with those are the bright chain amino acids so certainly yeah number no, one saying
1: is in humans leucine is leucine um brings on mTOR doesn't it initiates mTOR
0: yeah yeah exactly what I was going to say is, for humans, as we age, obviously we our muscles we lose them year on year. It's called sarcopenia, which is age-related yeah. muscle atrophy. I mean, obviously we're translating it to carp, but maybe that's the same. You know, m- maybe carp have a harder time retaining muscle. So who knows if they're eating something that's high in branched-chain amino acids. Um, Perhaps that's something that they're going to seek out because they're in a tune with their body and they can tell that it's obviously going to retain the muscle. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it does open up the argument of do they know what's good for them or not? I think they probably do. Um, But I think that's another reason why branched-chain amino acids are probably really fucking... Even if they know it or not, just from like an ethic standpoint, I think it makes good sense to use ingredients that are high in branched chain amino acids just to yeah. help the cart retain the muscle, which obviously is really, really important for all animals and, and humans alike.
1: Yeah, valine was was one of the um, amino acids that was, I'm pretty sure that it didn't do a lot until it was put into a mix. And, and I think the idea, from cat's onion, I'm pretty sure, and we're going back from memory, I've not read it for a long time, but, but valine didn't do a lot on its own. But when it was combined with two other aminos, then, then it, it was um, it initiated, uh, it was olfactory, not gustatory. Yeah. It was olfactory um, and initiated um, food searching
0: behaviour. There's, um, there's a few like that, but but the thing is i mean that that's talking from a olfactory perspective yeah absolutely yeah yeah whereas i think the argument or certainly my argument not argument but my idea and i think other yeah. people's as well is you know when they ingest that they can perhaps tell that that is yeah. doing them some good
2: well the thing is as well to be honest with you how I look cut is nobody's studying old car. No, no all these tank tests they're all done on little young, young babies
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so really it
2: doesn't point. really... For me, it holds no validity for a fishing situation that yeah. I'm interested in. That's precisely, you said that.
1: said. That's precisely what I said. Yeah, yeah. I, I I, don't think tank tests... While, while useful... Oh, I don't write them off completely. No, no. Everything. While useful, I just don't think it translates to big old fish. Definitely not. Definitely just, not. Just, just from my... Fishing experience, um, because I, in the homemade bait boss group, people all, have always said that low levels of citric have been um, re- repellent. When when they when they put something like I don't know, it was one gram per egg or something in, in a hook bait, then they've done a tank test and and the fish haven't have been repelled by it. Whereas when I put it on my freebies and I'm catching
2: yeah but you as well i mean i'm not saying you're wrong because i do actually agree with you but you've got the the different situation in the lake with the water volumes greater the movement and all the rest
1: no absolutely, the, the dilution effect i mean it's only, yeah, yeah, it's only going yeah. it's only going in one direction the point is one gram per egg in a bound pop-up
2: isn't a massive
1: concentration because it's no, not that, le- that, it's not leaching out, is it? A, that, quite- that's
2: way that's way lower than what, what I put in and some makes their hell, it makes mm. that I sell in it and they catch loads of fish. That's way lower. Yeah. So exactly that's what I'm saying. So so, so your your experience is at higher levels you catch fish,
1: whereas when people have tank tested hook baits at a lower level, it's repellent. Well I think so, so, uh... so, so, so that tells me that juvenile carp have a much lower threshold for citric than the bigger carp.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that um, my old mate from specialized Duke baits. Um, <laughs> um, I think he used to coat some of his Duke baits. I don't think he sells them anymore. I think he used to coat them in neat citric acid, which is a little bit insane, but. Who knows? Yeah, I've never tried that. So I'm, I don't. The only, the only experiment I've ever done with neat citric acid is um, in bags. I did a little crazy experiment once on, on a Runs water at Baden Hall. Um, well, it was like a follow on thing. I'd, I'd already done one experiment and it was after something what Jason Ryder said. Um, he said that if you flood the water with the um, too many organic acids. It draws all the fish in and they start showing and all the rest of it, but it just confuses them and they don't pick your root bait up properly. Mm. Um, and I tried it. I think the first place I did it, it was the very first time I had not fished. Uh, no, it was the second time because I only fished it three times. Lynch Hill, Christchurch. And I got this particle and I put, um, put a few organic acids in, in, into the particle mix. At, at way higher levels than what I would have done if I was Doing it like in it calculatedly, and um, I had loads of fish showing on me for twenty four hours, and I couldn't get a bite at all. And they were, and they were there, and then I followed it on. I went this. I went to this Runswater. and um, I thought I'll put bags of neat citric and uh, MSG on the rigs, and all I kept getting was like a takes. I must have had about 10 aborted takes in about four or five hours. So I just thought to myself, everything that Jason Ryder said was all right about it. But then I heard about this coating Nook in citric acid thing. And then I, I just thought, well, hmm, it'd be interesting to actually know if he actually did that. Um, but it depends on the time. Depends on the time that the fish fish come into the Exactly. Exactly. Fish, yeah. If you if you, if you,
1: yeah. if you it on a hook bait and, and there isn't any in, in the actual inner yeah. boiling matrix, because
2: it how much how
1: much is washing off?
2: Yeah. Well, it dissolves anyway. it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But but what I'm saying is, even say you cast out and you get a bite three hours later, the concentration all be gone. on the outside of that pop up. Or well it could we all be
2: gone. Could all be could all I mean it does could called, could all be gone, exactly. It does dissolve, uh, Cetric does, the same as MSG dissipates. Yeah. You know. And that's why I, when I when I do my hot soak, I do it at a specific concentration. Yeah.
1: Working out that there's probably a six to eight hour minimum time lag between it going in the drink and getting the bites. Yeah, yeah. That said, that said, the first time I had a fish called a peach. I had it on that bay at full a full concentration of, of my, uh, my soak and I had it within forty five minutes of spotting out. Yeah, and I, I was surprised at that. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think there's obviously some dilution, but not a, a, you know not as much as there is at the six to eight hour mark. Yeah. Um. So that did surprise me. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think if you if you if you put something in. The, the other thing I've noticed is when when you're using citric at a higher concentration, you catch fewer stockies. Because the year before, when I was using my my full strength soak, I only had nine stockies all season on Acton. I had fifteen originals and nine stockies. And this season, to try and catch the ones that I can't catch, I've half I've half the concentration of the citric. And this season, I've had twenty five stockies instead of nine. I've, I've had fifteen originals. Twenty-five stockies. Now that said, the stockies that are obviously grow—you know—a year later, the stockies are probably four or five pound heavier. But I've I've definitely caught more stockies with the lower
0: concentration of citric.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I rate citric acid massively. I know I don't think Sam does. I don't think he's much for it.
0: No, no. I mean, it's. I think it's uh it's valid. It can catch fish, etc. But I think there's better stuff out there for sure. Mm. yeah I really do I I think as well I mean we were talking well I think Dean was talking about DMPT earlier being really hit and miss that is exactly what I've found as well I I think it can work well it cannot work well I think realistically the window where there is enough DMPT dispersion to be you know to really switch the carp on Balancing that up to, you know, not being too much to switch them off, not, you know, not being too little so they can't actually detect it. I think it's a very fine window and it just makes it unusable. That's the MPT. I think it's a kind of similar thing with citric acid.
2: Nah, I don't think it is. I do. I I think if it's in the bait that they're eating, I think it's an extremely potent gustatory stimulant. I mean, the the results that I've had, the difference. Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: I just have not seen that what's i mean I know like most people would disagree with me i'm sure um and obviously you go on all the forums and everything and everyone raves about it but watching watching carp in the lake in my pond in my tank it and you know th- that's a whole multitude of different ages of carp um some of them very old i'm just not i'm just not seeing that you know it's and i don't i'm not poo-pooing anyone else's findings you know it, it, we all have our own experiences it's just i for love nor money i can't i can't like see the same thing that's not to say i haven't caught fish with citric acid in baits or I, and I haven't got fish feeding with citric acid i've done all that i just don't think it is necessarily a standout ingredient not to the degree that most people think it is
1: yeah i mean i mean when i've been using the white bait i haven't been putting the hot soak on it and I've done really well on that bait, as well as I've done on, on my golden balls without the citric. Well, there we go. Thing is, though, Sam, but, but,
0: but
2: it's a different bait. Well, there we go. The it's thing really. is, Sam, as well. Mm. Remember when we were chatting about essential oils?
0: Mm, wow, we, we, mate, we've spoken about essential oils yeah, many yeah, times well, on, on the, the, phone. On I the don't early
2: know. podcasts.
0: Oh, on the podcast, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, you, you actually twigged something in my mind that I'd never really considered when we were on yeah. about the citric, the citrus ones. Yeah, uh, and, and you said there's a possibility. Uh, what about citric acid? And 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 citric acid must be in those essential oils. Those good citric citrus ones, citrus yeah. fruit ones, like the limes, the yeah. oranges, the tangerines uh and you and you've said yourself that when you've done the tank tests for them that it, the results were very good
0: yeah absolutely but there's there's more to them than just citric acid yeah, there is
2: there? there is i mean i, I hadn't even cons- i hadn't even looked at that because it wasn't something that i was looking for in the attraction stakes at all it was you really that made me think about that i'd never even thought
0: about it but again, it's not necessarily the citric acid that's switching them on. That in it's those. It's going to be cit- a factor if the citric acid present in there. That's going to
2: have a that's going to ha- have a bearing on the reaction
0: to that to that essential oil. If that's true, again, it might come back to a case of synergy. You know, it is do certain ingredients work better when they coincide with other ingredients? I think that's that they they. they think they probably do i think it'd be foolish to to flat out say that's impossible if, if you want to go to the other extreme if yeah. if i might
1: interject
0: here yeah i think personally
1: citric works better when they chew it so in, yeah, in terms, yeah, in, in, I, I don't put citric on my hook baits, and the reason i don't do it is because they don't chew the hook baits. When, when, I'm, when I'm using citric, I'm trying to achieve a specific
2: concentration. But, but for that to work, when they're chewing it. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is as well, which you know, so I'm only telling you something that you know, is that even if it's a taste stimulant, the carp doesn't need it in its mouth to taste it. No, no, I know that. I know that. But what my point is, you need a specific mole of
1: concentration in order to to, to to stimulate a response in the gustatory receptor. Now, if you if you've got if you've got a, a pop up, for the sake of argument, you've put one gram in you know, in a one egg mix, and then you've air dried that pop up, and then that pop up goes out in the drink. How close does that carp have to get to that hook bait? in order to detect the citric in that hook bait secondly that hook bait may be in the water for 24 hours what what is the range of concentration within that hook bait over that 24 hour period from when you first cast out to when you wind in and how is that concentration in in, in reference to, to the molar concentration that the carp is going to be stimulated to some degree by. For, for I've read from Citric, it's got a hundredfold concentration gradient where it's, where it's reasonably effective. So, so obviously there's a, a large concentration gradient over which it works. But my point is, if you've got a 14 mil pop-up, just for sake of argument, how much Citric is, is, is that giving off? Yeah, I mean, per, per it... unit time and how, and how close does that carp have to get in order to get a gustatory stimulatory effect whereas if I've spotted for the sake of argument 100 baits out with the specific concentration of citric in a liquid form soaked into the outside when those fish come across that and start chewing it and blowing it out of its gills that's when I think Citric comes into its own. I I don't put it in hook baits.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can I can understand where you're coming from, but it's I mean that's just um, analogous to the same situation that say for instance you you're making um, a hook bait or a special pop up or whatever because people like making them now, um, <laughs> and and you're putting an essential oil or a liquid flavour in. And it works on ionization. It's just the same as thinking, well, I don't seem to ever get any bites on, on these pop-ups until it's been in the water for 10 hours. So maybe I should reduce that flavor down to two mil instead of four mil or whatever, because it's too strong at first or vice versa. You, there's just so many variables that you can't answer. Yeah. Uh, and the the only the only thing I can say about the acid is the, the same as with Lots of uh, taste stimulants. To me, the short-range attractors as well, because as soon as the carp comes within so, so far of the hoop bait, I'm pretty much convinced that it can taste it, and then it can decide whether it wants to take it in its mouth or not.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. I just think it's more powerful on your freebies.
2: Yeah, well, I
0: put it in both. I put it in both. Yeah. Well, here we go then, boys. What about... The com- I've mentioned synergy earlier, right? What about the combination of citric acid and another organic acid? Have either have you gone down that route? Yeah, yeah. Is there a certain organic acid you think it works better with? Because I I think there is. Um, when I was on
1: Selby, I used and I was after the commons. I used to put citric and ascorbic in my particles, and then then I would use that particle juice on my nut mix. And I, and I seem to get a good response on that. Okay. Um, I haven't used ascorbic since Selby. Um, that said, in my spod mix for actin, obviously with the with the maize, you've got lactic acid. And then other ingredients, like when I put bellacan can in, in in the, the golden balls, obviously the, the, there's a few organic acids in the bellacan can.
2: Yeah, there's um, loads.
1: There's loads, mate. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 although I'm putting citric externally, there's
2: actually there's actually citric acid in Balacan.
1: Right, wasn't aware of that. Yeah, um, I use Balacan for this. What I call the smelly ones, um, principally, which I'm presuming is isovaleric, caproic, and ambutric. Yeah. Um, Big list plus, of them, plus, yeah. plus others but I'm, I'm, I'm those are the ones that I'm, I'm I'm looking at um but yeah but certainly from from the Selby point of view putting putting ascorbic and and citric in, in the particle juice seemed to work uh very well um but then again you, you know you, you're both fans of ascorbic aren't you so you know
2: yeah I mean I'm not no, I'm not. Are you? are not a fan of ascorbic. All right. I
0: think I think Pete was. Maybe you're confusing me with him. Was it Pete? Well, or...
2: I've never I've never used it um, as as a, a an additive on its own. Um, you know, needs ascorbic acid, but it's uh, vitamin C. And anything I've always found anything with the high vitamin C content is good in bait. Yeah. Well,
1: that's what paprika, is, isn't
2: it? Exactly and it's rubbing
1: red and
2: chili chilies chilies say, paprika so. you know always very good in bait mm-hmm. what, but, what about you uh, then, uh,
1: sorry i say scarbic acid directly works on the gustatory
2: receptor yeah 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 right so, so we're gonna yeah. have a
0: we're gonna have a pee break boys i'll be back in a second yeah go for it so so Here, go got sam Steve, you've used it with um, ascorbic acid. You used it with any others? Um,
1: not knowingly, not not as in purposely putting put yeah. x, y, and z in together. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, like when I was on Selby, I was using um, I was using CSL. the CSL stabilized with with propanoic. So 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 unwittingly i'm also using propanoic in the in the mix yeah so again you, you know and also csl has liked it a lot of lactic acid in so so, so so unwittingly i'm using propanoic lactic that's got all be considered together
0: Psst. if you're still here and you happen to be listening on the apple podcast app or apple itunes please Take a few moments, leave me a review, let me know how we're doing with this podcast. A, it's really nice to hear from you, and B, it helps this podcast stay relevant and stay in the ratings. If it doesn't stay in the ratings, it falls behind, um, people don't listen to it, and obviously that means there's not much point in me doing it anymore. So if you can, take a moment to leave me a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you're not listening on an Apple device, I don't think you can leave us a review, unless there's some means that I'm not aware of. Um, But nonetheless I appreciate you listening it does mean a lot to me and uh, yeah feel free to to reach out on social media that's it I look forward to bringing the next episode to you very soon